Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Yeah, I agree. This is so interesting because it's such a simple tweak. But when we started to really make writing compelling hooks a focus, we saw increased engagement on our social media, higher open and click rates in emails, and more referral traffic from our social media accounts to our website. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. We've been taking a hard look these past few months at how we share content, especially across social media. Basically, we weren't thrilled with the amount of engagement and started to experiment with a few different strategies to increase engagement. And some of those experiments would make for an interesting, if not comical, podcast episode at some point. Today's episode, however, focuses on one simple way that we were able to get more engagement on social media while also increasing the amount of referral traffic from our social channels to our website. This episode is all about writing effective hooks. It's one of those simple tweaks that can make a big difference. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davyandchrista.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. Now, on to the episode. All right, we are back on this beautiful spring day. Has it warmed up yet, though? It was kind of chilly this morning. Oh, it looks nice out right now. It does look nice. It's The weather's finally turning here, at least. Well, actually, it was really warm in February, and then it got cold. So yeah. it's been a weird year. Yeah, yeah. But it's been mostly, I think, overall pretty warm. I've been very pleased with this past winter and, and spring. So yeah, this is take five for this episode. We're keeping track, huh? Well, I'm just saying. So, you know, ironically, we are releasing an episode today about working together as a husband-wife team, you mm-hmm. know, how we make working together work, right? <laughs> and here we are. I mean, just arguments before recording this episode, not mm-hmm. about the episode in particular. And during the episode. But and <laughs> hence, take five. All right. But it's a nice spring day. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Also, in case you listen to the last episode and you think it's always perfect, it's not. But it's okay. (laughs) We should append this episode to that episode. But anyways, I'm feeling pretty good. I just got up from a mid-morning nap not too long ago. And in case you're wondering, it's like, well, it just hit 11 a.m. But when we started recording, it was 10 a.m. Yeah, here we are. Gives you some insight in your morning. But I do feel phenomenal. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the Huberman Lab podcast. All right, so Huberman Lab, it's like fitness, health, longevity, you know, lots of really interesting stuff or stuff that I find interesting. One of the things that Heath's talked about on that podcast is something called non-deep sleep rest. I thought protocol? No. Yeah. So there's a protocol for non-deep sleep rest. Basically, it's this 10 minute protocol that he has. If you just YouTube Huberman Lab non-deep sleep rest protocol, this will pop up. I've heard you minutes. doing it. It sounds like kind of like a guided meditation. Yeah. And I don't understand really the science behind it, but what they say it does is in 10 minutes of this non-deep sleep rest, you can get the benefits of, you know, or the equivalent of one to two hours of restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. 
So I gave that a shot this morning and fell asleep about three quarters of the way through. Don't know if that means it works or if you're supposed to fall asleep during it, but I did. And I probably only slept five minutes after it ended, mm -hmm. but I feel pretty great. How do you feel like it compares to a cup of coffee? Probably about the equivalent. Mm. You know, with that said, I drink uh, an incredible amount. Of, yeah, I have a lot of caffeine each day. Yeah. You've given your pre-workout to friends and had to like warn them before that it might cause like shaking because <laughs> it's so intense. But anyways, enough about that. What we're talking about today is one simple tip for increasing engagement. This is something that we've been talking about, recording an episode about for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just one of those things, such a simple tweak that you can make to your marketing efforts and have... I think disproportionately big results, mm -hmm. right? So basically we're talking about how to write a better hook. And how to write, well, how to write something that gets people actually to read your stuff. Yeah, and so if you're wondering why you should care about hooks, I guess here's, I'll outline the problem for you, all right? We create a lot of content, all right? And I'm using the royal we here, all right? Collectively, all of us, mm -hmm. listeners as well. And I mean content in the widest sense of the word too. So not just blog posts. My mind typically goes to blog posts. Yours might too, but maybe you shot a wedding and you have some incredible images to share. Maybe you wrote a blog post, contained just a great, some great advice. You recorded a podcast episode. You made a TikTok video. Yeah, recorded a YouTube video. Whatever it is, you have something to share. The problem seems to be, how do you get people to actually look at it? You know the content's good. How do you get more eyeballs on that content? And so you believe the way to do that is to get, write a better hook. That's right. You mm -hmm. learn how to write an effective hook. So- you know, I think at the end of the day, we spend 80% of our time creating content, or a lot of us, right? And only 20% of our time sharing that content. And I think those numbers should be reversed, right? And of course, those aren't like, you know, the actual statistics necessarily, but just to, you know, paint a picture here. So in reality, I think we should be spending far more time getting that content shared and distributed than we do actually, say, writing the post. Mm -hmm. And we've experimented with this recently in our own business. I think like a year or two ago, when we would talk about a new piece of content on Instagram, we would just post like an image, no, no text on it. And then we tried adding the blog post title. And that maybe got a little bit more engagement, a little bit more saves. And then we realized like, well, instead of just like seeing the blog post title, which sometimes we've chosen a specific title for a post because of search engines and search engine intent. Like what if we get creative and we find a good hook for it? So something that really draws people in and we've noticed a dramatic increase in our engagement. And this is just on Instagram. Yeah. And we noticed this work on, on Instagram. And mm -hmm. then we started thinking, you know, why aren't we doing this kind of across the board everywhere? Right. And, you know, I don't know if you've fallen into this as well, but I think for us, it was just a matter of like, you know, we got in sort of this rote routine mm -hmm. of, you know, doing the same thing we'd always done, right? And then all of a sudden, kind of one day woke up to like, hey, our engagement's way down or our engagement is, is down compared to what it used to be, you know, and trying to sort that out and test different things. And again, you know, I think that there's so much effort that goes into creating content that sometimes the how you're going to distribute it too, that gets a little bit overlooked. And so how we started approaching even sharing our content changed a lot, you know, with some of these revelations, right? right? So that's, I think, what we're talking about today. And I think that these tips can be applied to headlines, headings, opening paragraphs of posts, social media captions, even YouTube videos, mm -hmm. right? You know, even though you're not writing a hook necessarily for a YouTube video, you might be scripting one. It's something you say, but if you think about a video, right? Anybody who does YouTube, mm -hmm. right, and does it well, they'll tell you that the first couple seconds of that, that video are the most important. Right. For capturing somebody's attention and then giving them a reason to stick around. So I feel like a lot of times you see somebody 
intro their video, maybe talk, say what they're going to talk about. They'll give you the hook. So like why to watch it. And then they'll say like, stick around for the end and you'll get this extra tip. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Or they just, they just preview their content so that, you know, you, you want to listen to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think learning to write hooks is just a great practice for learning how to create compelling content. Mm -hmm. So how so? So, you know, one of the ways that, that this has sort of changed the way that we create content is I've actually started to come up with content ideas first by writing hooks first, all right? So what I mean, like just stuff that I'd be interesting or I think would be interesting. So I'm writing a bunch of hooks down and I say, oh, that would make a great blog post or a podcast episode or video, right? And so I'm, I'm sort of leading with the hook and then creating the content around that hook. And are you creating these based on existing content or just like topics that you like to write about or that you teach about? Like, how do you even start coming up with that? Yeah, that's great. So, you know, whenever I'm, I'm trying to brainstorm content ideas, a lot of times there's, I mean, I'm, I'm always interested in something, right? Mm -hmm. And so I might just start writing down ideas, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily having pre-existing content on that idea. But I have found that when I'm coming up with hooks for our content, so anytime we create a piece of content now, we try to come up with at least 10 hooks, all right? And so as I'm writing those ideas, sometimes I'll come up with a great hook that was meant to be for that episode or that blog post or whatever. Right. And as I'm coming up with that, I realize, well, that doesn't quite fit, but that would make its own great piece of content, Okay. right? So it's just a great, it's just an easy way to come up with more content ideas as well. Okay, so I feel like we've kind of outlined a few different ways that hooks can be used, like emails, social media, sales pages. Before we like get more into hooks, can you define what a hook actually is? Because I feel like we've had a few different definitions vaguely floating out out there. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we should have <laughs> maybe we should have started with this. People listening, they're like, oh, I still don't understand what a hook is. So, how I'm defining a hook, you know, my working definition is a hook is a statement that grabs someone's attention. Okay, right. A hook is a statement that grabs someone's attention. Now, depending on, you know, I think in different settings, a hook is going to mean maybe slightly different things. So, for instance, if you were a student in school and you're and you're learning about writing a hook, it's probably that first sentence of an essay, mm -hmm. right? That, But still, again, I think this definition works. A hook is a statement that grabs someone's attention. If you're a copywriter or you're working with a copywriter, you know, they might define hook as sort of the big idea of a given, you know, page or post or, you know, whatnot. But at the end of the day, I think a good hook, it's a statement that grabs someone's attention. So we talked a lot about this on the podcast, but one of the most important questions a marketer can be asking is, what's the next step? whether it's an email, ad campaign, whatever, you know, a hook is really what makes the next step possible, right? It's what initially grabs someone's attention and, and hopefully draws them in. So if somebody sees your post on Instagram and you have a good hook, the goal is to get them to click off Instagram and read the next blog post so it keeps them moving. Yeah, so basically like if you're writing a social media caption, uh -huh. right? You should have a, or you're, you're creating a social media post. There should be some sort of hook there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into the, the principles of writing a hook here in a minute. But basically, you want to open a loop, right? Mm -hmm. You want to catch somebody's attention somehow and draw them in. Okay. Right? And if you want them to take another step, so you're trying to get them from Instagram, maybe to complete some sort of action, maybe to listen to a podcast episode or to read a blog post, you need to open that loop in a way that encourages them to actually, you know, click a link and go off that platform elsewhere, right? But the hook is really what draws them in. Do you feel like there's a difference between a hook and something like a clickbait? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question too, because there's a lot of ways to catch people's attention mm -hmm. that aren't 
great, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, hooks help people get to the next step. I think if I had to come up with a distinction between a hook and clickbait is clickbait is something that intentionally misleads somebody, mm-hmm. all right? So it's something that's purely or merely to get somebody's, uh, grab somebody's attention, but is unrelated to the content in which you're sending them or to the is unrelated to the place in which you're sending them. Right. Right. Whereas a hook, it's simply drawing people deeper into your content. Okay. So do you have some tips for writing a good hook? Absolutely. So uh, here's how I've outlined this. I think I have, I have three principles for writing a good hook that I want to talk about. And then I have, you know, sort of five frameworks or, you know, maybe more practical strategies for writing your next hook. Okay. All right. So let's go through those three ideas first. The first one is to elicit an emotional response. So basically we want to, you know, pique somebody's curiosity. We want to get people fired up. We want to use humor to kind of break a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. But we want to elicit some sort of emotional response. Okay. The second thing that we want to do is we want to make it personal, all right? And I think that this is something that we constantly have to go back and look at our titles and ask ourselves, am I speaking broadly here mm-hmm. to just everyone or Am I making this personal for for someone, right? This is why things like client avatars and knowing who you're speaking to is so important, mm-hmm. all right? You want to make it personal. Why should specific client avatar care? Okay. Why should a specific person care, all right? So as you know, our assistant Kayla said yesterday, you want to speak to an audience of one, mm-hmm. all right? And I think that makes for a much better hook. Anything else on that that I should add? So each hook should do... Both of those things plus your third tip. Yes. And then the, the third thing is draw people in. You basically want to keep it punchy and then keep people moving through the process, right? Like a comedian, right? When it lead with the punchline. So you want to make sure that as you draw people in, you use some sort of transition line like here's why mm-hmm. or swipe for more right. or click to see, right? But when you it should open a loop and draw people in, but it shouldn't also, it shouldn't deliver everything, right? Right. Okay. So those are really, I think, the three principles of writing a good hook, eliciting some sort of emotional response, making it personal, and drawing people in, all right? One thing I, I want to say about eliciting an emotional response, that is not to manipulate emotions, mm-hmm. all right? One of the things that might be helpful here is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all right? Mm-hmm. So understanding, you know, uh, kind of what category it fits in for people. You uh-huh. know, is it a physiological need? Is it a safety need? Do people want to belong to something? You know, is it something for their reputation? Is it something that they want to be, you know? So, you know, I think if you don't know what Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, look that up. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's a helpful framework to understand, you know, especially for writing copy. Right. I think that if you get into some of the frameworks, that might give people a better reference for how yeah. to write a hook. How to write a hook, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Okay, so a few things to think about, you know, as you're writing a hook or a few maybe different ways that you can write a hook. One is to make a controversial statement, Mm -hmm. all right? So, you know, for instance, we had a post and it was, don't set a budget for 2023, do this instead. Right, Right? we posted this like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and so this is something that's like, it's such an interesting tactic because it is actually a pet peeve of mine when people open with, all right, this is going to be controversial, but, Mm -hmm. and then they insert something that's actually not controversial, you know, which is basically the tactic itself. Yeah. So, you know, I think recently, I can't remember, I think it was a photographer and she posted, I know this is controversial, but you shouldn't be spending hours editing your photos. 
And I'm like, but is it controversial? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think anybody's sitting there like, oh, I need to be spending hours editing my photos, right? Yeah. But just by saying that something's going to be controversial or, you know, by saying something that could be sort of controversial, like not setting a budget for 2023, what we were not saying was, hey, you know, go into 2023 with no plan for your money, right? right? But people might stop and say, okay, well, why shouldn't I do that? Yeah, right? especially because everybody else in the internet around that time was saying, you should set a budget for this year. Yeah, talking about, you know, that upcoming year and why you should set a budget. We are promoting a podcast episode we had done with Shanna Skidmore. Which is a great one, by the it's way. It's a great one. And she just has a different plan. And so we were promoting that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second thing that you can do is ask a provocative question. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I guess this is pretty similar to making a controversial statement, you know, but you know, what's the best platform for SEO? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of arguments out there about that. Or, you know, I guess are the robots taking over, you know, and, and talking about chat AI. GPT. Yeah. Chat GPT and AI. And these are just a couple examples of, you know, from different social media posts, you know, by asking a provocative question, again, it opens that loop and people want it closed. People want to understand, okay, well, you know, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, what should I do about that? How should I think about that? Or maybe people have, maybe people think you, they know what you're going to say, right? And so they kind of come ready to argue mm -hmm. and engage with your post. Right. You know, three, break the pattern. All right. So suddenly change a common uh, saying or belief. All maybe right? you don't need a nap or you don't need coffee. You need this. I can't remember all the an acronym, but yeah. do this sleep thing instead. Yeah, just making a small adjustment maybe to a common phrase. So as people are reading it, you know, again, it's kind of what they expect, but then they stop and say, oh, you know, that's funny or that's witty or, you know, whatever, right? But again, hopefully leads to you being able to share, you know, whatever you believe around a given topic. The fourth one. Dropping people into the middle of a story. Yeah, and this is one of my favorites. You know, I think like if you've, ever watched a TV show, right? There's, this is an example of, you know, I think what good storytellers do mm -hmm. is they drop you in the middle and then you sort of figure it out along the way. Uh -huh. And again, it's all about opening that loop. You know, when you're dropped in the middle of action, you want to see how that action resolves itself, mm -hmm. you know? And so you might have a social media uh, post that goes something like X, Y, Z happened at a wedding. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And the bride walked out. <laughs> You'll never believe what happens next. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. that's like maybe way more dramatic than what you would actually include. Right. Right. But by dropping people in the middle of the story, I think, again, you're capturing their attention and they want to, they want to understand how that story resolves itself. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'll mention here is, you know, this is a good tactic for maybe something like a social media post. Mm -hmm. Not always a good tactic for something like a sales page, Right. Because at like kind of the very outset of something like a sales page or a services page, you, people need to know like what it is that they're in for on that page. You know, they, they kind of need to know the what right up front. All right. They don't need all the details about the what, but they kind of need. And then you can move into maybe dropping somebody in the middle of a story. Right. Right. And then fifth, making a promise. We did one recently that was use this code to start ranking on Google today. That's right. And, yeah. you know, obviously there is no magic code to start ranking on Google today, but it was an opportunity to share some content we created around SEO for people who were looking just for quick fixes, right? And so we wrote this post about, you know, I think common misperceptions about SEO or things that we wish people knew about SEO. And one of them is that it's just not, you know, it's not like you plug in the right code and pull the right levers in the back end of your website. And then all of a sudden you're ranking number one mm -hmm. on Google for a specific search, Right. There's more that goes into it than that. And there aren't really quick fixes. 
you know? I mean, sometimes there are. Sometimes, you know, you have all the pieces in place and really it is like you accidentally set the page to no index, right? But in general, there's no quick fixes. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were trying to convey in that post. Now, you know, of the examples that we just included, and we'll try to link to some of these examples in the show notes if you want to check them out. So you can just specifically see examples of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You'll notice that a lot of these examples, they utilize combinations of these principles, you know? Right. And they're they're all, I think, pretty similar at the end of the day. You know, like making a controversial statement and asking a provocative question, you know, both, you're basically trying to get people fired up about something. You right. Know? I think it's worth reiterating kind of as we wrap up this episode as well, that it's not about manipulating emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about, you know, I don't know, just, you know, yelling fire or, you know, or whatever, but it is trying to, you know, break the normal pattern of things. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I would think that most people would be best served by mixing up the kinds of hooks that they're doing because your audience might get used to seeing the same kind of hook every time and then just realize what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of those things where even, you know, sometimes we'll come up with what we think is a really good hook mm -hmm. and it just doesn't, it right. just doesn't fly. Right. And I get the engagement that we thought it would get. Right. But one of the interesting things about doing this is that you don't actually have to change the content, right? You can just experiment changing the hook. Mm -hmm. If it's a matter of getting people to content, I think a lot of times it's like we can experiment with different hooks and see if that, you know, kind of fixes that issue right. before having to go back and feel like, oh, I need to create another blog post and maybe that blog post will do better, right? right? So, you know, when you're sharing stuff across social media, especially, or creating video about content you've created, mm -hmm. like you can change, you know, it's like on, on YouTube, you know, before re-recording a video, try just changing the thumbnail, right? Mm -hmm. So you can test some of those different things to catch somebody's attention and test your content that way instead of actually going through the whole process of changing up the content. Right. So anyways, I hope that's helpful. Again, you know, just in terms of how it works within our system, we, you know, like I said, we're, we're spending a lot more time taking a look at the piece of content. So like an episode like this, and then sitting down and trying to come up with 10 hooks for the episode mm -hmm. at the very least, you know, I think the more you come up with, the more likely you're going to stumble on something that you think is good. And, you know, don't be surprised if you do that to actually come up with ideas for other related content that you can create that maybe that hook doesn't quite fit the content you've just created. And so I found it really to be helpful as we plan content for the future as well. So I hope this episode is helpful for you too. As always, if you have questions about our content, feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. That's probably one of the best ways to get in touch with us at Davy and Krista. Mm -hmm. And you can always send us an email as well. Yeah, thanks for joining us guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantKrista.com.